Welcome to the Church 214 podcast. We're glad that you've joined us today. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at church214.org. Well, welcome to Church 214. If you've been here for seven and a half years or if this is your first time, welcome. Glad to see you guys. We're, uh, we're starting a new series today called Follow Me. I'm very excited about this. This is what God's been speaking um, for years actually to us, but, but also recently he's calling us back together to remind us that we're a family, that we're sons and daughters that are becoming fathers and mothers. Amen? So I'm, I'm excited to hear what the Lord has to say for us today. Let's, let's pray before we get started. Father, we're so grateful that you are present today, that you are with us. Whether we feel that or not, you are here. Jesus, you're, you touch us in the darkest places, in the places that we feel hopeless. You are touching that humanity, that part of us, the place that we don't want to talk about to anyone else. You're there. You're restoring that place right now. Holy Spirit, hmm. would you just blow on our hearts today? Gently and furiously. Would you light a fire within us that maybe has gone out? We just, well, you're welcome in this place. You're welcome in these hearts. You're, you're welcome in this temple. We want to have hearts that chase fully after you like the heart of David. We're not called to give you half a heart. We're called to give you our whole heart. So we do that right now. We just surrender with hands open, hearts open, ready for this word that you have for us today. We're expectant. We don't take this lightly that we get to meet together, gather together as a body, a family of believers with one father. And so we, we want to hear your voice. It's the most important thing we could do is listen to your voice. Your sheep know your voice. We want to know more and more about your voice. Most powerful thing in the world. You spoke and it appeared. You molded us and put your voice inside of us. Can't even comprehend that. So, Father, do what you're going to do today. We're expectant. We don't want to leave this place the same as when we came in. We want every single heart in here to shift, to be stepping further and farther after you. And it's in Jesus' name all God's people said, amen, amen. I love the sound of babies because it's, it's family. We're talking about family today. And man, we're never going to quiet babies in this place. So without vision, what happens? The people perish, yes. So it's very important that, that we... Uh, repeat the vision that God's given to this church. Amen? And whether you've been here for all seven and a half years or whether you just came here seven and a half minutes ago, we want this vision to be downloaded inside of you. So three years ago, God gave uh, a vision to us called Amplify. So our, our church name is Church 214. It's from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 14, where the church was launched the day the Holy Spirit came in that upper room. And people started speaking in tongues, new languages. Heidi talked about it a little bit last week. And then in chapter 2, verse 14, Peter and the other apostles, they stepped forward together. That's the vision of our church. But three years ago, that was seven and a half years ago, God gave us that when we launched this church. Three years ago, God gave us a vision called Amplify. Now, how many people were around that remember the Amplify vision? Okay, a few of you. This is good because we need to repeat this and repeat it and repeat it till we all get it. Amplify is awesome. There's a, there's a whole story about this. And I would encourage you, whether you heard this three years ago or whether you're hearing it for the first time, go back 
to the, to the podcast and listen to that, those Amplify messages. It's very simple, church214.org forward slash Amplify. It'll get you there. Get it? What are you going to do this week? Excellent. Excellent. So Amplify answers these questions. Who, what, when, why, where? It's a roadmap to where this church is going. So if somebody asks you, hey, what's the vision of your church? You, can, you, you will know at the end of this message the Amplify vision. Who are we? Apostles. What is success? It's the presence of God and the freedom that he brings. Where are we going? We're going to living rooms and marketplace. When are we going? Immediately. Why? One name, Yeshua, Jesus. Listen to Amplify, okay? Today we're going to talk about who are we. This could be a refresher. The A in, in Amplify is the apostles. It's an acrostic. Apostles, marketplace, presence, living room, immediately, freedom, Yeshua. Answers all the questions that we all have. And if this is your church home, you, you, you've got to know this vision. Got to know it. So we're beginning this series called Follow Me. And it's a series on fatherhood and motherhood, about sons and daughters becoming fathers and mothers. And it's very clear in this season, I was just talking to Phil up here on the stage, it's clear in this season that the enemy is trying to oppress us. Yes? I mean, everywhere you look, everywhere you step, there's enemy oppression. He's not hiding any longer. He's making a stand. But what do the people of God do when the enemy makes a stand? We make a stand. Ephesians 6. We don't stop standing because we know the victory's already won. We still go through the battle, but the victory's already won. Amen? And our Father is speaking very clearly in this season. If you're listening, we have to be tuned in to the right radio station. Because there's a lot of noise out there. The enemy's making a lot of noise. But if you tune in to the Father's voice, you will have clear direction in your life. And our Father is always calling us towards family. And he's doing two things when he's speaking to us in this season. He's, he's igniting our identity once again as sons and daughters. Okay? But he's also calling us out as fathers and mothers. See, here's the thing. Who's a son here today? Okay, you're also a father. Who's a daughter here today? You're also a mother. I'm not talking about biological children necessarily. I'm talking about a spiritual formation, a spiritual family. So you're both a son and a father. You're both a daughter and a mother. And we're sons and daughters that are becoming fathers and mothers. We're on this journey together. God's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the God of generations. He created this, this whole family to work together collectively. And as fathers and mothers, we're raising sons and daughters so that they can then become fathers and mothers. Amen? We're in this incredible cosmic family that God intended us to be in. Remember Jesus with his disciples? He was walking along the shoreline that, that day. And he looks over and he sees four fishermen. And what did he say? He said, come, follow me. And right then and there, they dropped their nets. They left their boats. And they followed him immediately. See, here's the thing. Jesus is walking on your shoreline today. And he's not stopping. He'll turn for a second and he'll say, follow me. But it's your responsibility to drop what you're holding in your hands, what you're holding on to, and follow him. He's not going to stop moving. He's, he's, he's approaching your shoreline, but he's, he's moving. That's why we're stepping forward together. Our God is always on the move. The only question is, are we moving with him or not? Come, follow me. That's what he's, if you've known him for a long time, he's still telling you that today. Are you going to follow him today? Take up your cross and follow me, he said. It's not a one-time invitation. It's a daily invitation. See, that's what it means to be a son. 
That's what it means to be a daughter. Come, follow me. That's what it means to be a disciple. We follow hard after Jesus. There's no questioning when he meets you on that shoreline in your humanity and says, leave everything for me. Are you willing to do it? Our response is to drop whatever we're holding and follow him immediately. I want you to get this. You're a son. You're a daughter. In other words, you're a disciple. That's what it means to be a disciple. You're a follower of Jesus. But watch this. You're called to be more than that. The apostle Paul says this to the Corinthians, and he's saying to us today, God's saying this to us today. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me, Paul says. Sound a little arrogant, maybe? Like, I got it all figured out. Follow me, Paul says. It's not arrogant. It's actually biblical. That's a spiritual father telling you to follow him because Christ is reflected in him. It's not a, not, it, it could be arrogant, I guess. But what Paul is saying is, no, no, guys, I've walked this path. I've followed Jesus on the shoreline. I've gone to prison for him. I've done a lot of things for him. I'm not perfect, but follow the example of Christ in me. It's biblical. That's what spiritual family is. Follow me as I follow Christ. See, you're not only just following Jesus as a son or daughter, as a disciple, you're also asking others to follow you as a father and mother, spiritual father and mother, or in other words, as an apostle. You know, there's a difference between the word disciple and apostle. Sometimes we, we read the New Testament and we, we read them and they're interchangeable in our minds, but they're actually completely different. And it's a, it helps us to understand what the difference is. It's really vital that we get this. The, the word for disciple in the Greek is, Greek is matheus, matheus, and it means a learner or a student, a pupil, if you will. A disciple is one that Jesus has called out on the shoreline, and you're following him. You're learning from him. You're soaking him up. You're listening to his every word. You're watching his every move. What he does, you do. You're stepping after him. See, it was a Jewish concept, this, this idea of discipleship. All young boys were, were aspiring to be called out by the rabbi to follow them. And so when Jesus went to seize these rugged fishermen, guys who had really no hope of becoming disciples under the rabbis of that day, and Jesus approaches them, and maybe you're in the same boat today, you're like, I, I'm not called to be, I, 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 there's nothing good about me, I'm just a fisherman. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. I got this, but you gotta step after me. I'm calling you out to follow me. And so that, they jumped at the opportunity when he said that. They immediately obeyed when he said, follow me. That's a disciple, that's the equivalent of a son or a daughter, get it? Now, an apostle is completely different. An apostle is a messenger or a delegate, one who is sent on a mission. An apostle was actually a Roman term. So Jesus is using the language of the day, something that his disciples would understand. And after they'd followed him for a while, he said, now you're also apostles. See, as Rome was conquering the world at that time, Caesar would send out his apostles, and their job was to create and shape the culture of newly taken cities. They were ambassadors that were sent out with the authority of the emperor to take control of regions. Jesus knew this, his disciples knew that, and all of a sudden he's like, yeah, you're my disciples, but you're also my apostles. I'm sending you out from me. You're coming to me as a disciple, and you're being sent out from me as an apostle to shape and create culture in newly taken cities. You have the authority of the king of kings. You're my ambassadors in the kingdom. I'm sending you out to take new ground, new spiritual and physical ground in my name to be my ambassadors. 
You're shaping and creating the culture of cities. What do you think we're doing down here in the heart of the city? Why do you think God planted us in the heart of the city at Oak Street? Why do you think there's demonic oppression attacking us, even in this very service? Because we're apostles. We're creating and shaping culture in this region. And your enemy hates it. This is not the only physical ground, I'm prophesying now, that we're going to take in this city, in this region. But we're going to take a lot of spiritual ground too. You realize what this place used to be. The enemy hates that it's been turned upside down on its head. You have the authority of the king of kings. You are a disciple. You're also an apostle. An apostle is the equivalent to a father or mother. Because now you're going out from Jesus, finding new sons and daughters. So they can become fathers and mothers. So important. Disciple and apostle. So my question for us today is, who are we following? And who is following you? Who are you following? Who is following you? Brennan, can you come up here? Jules? Now, Jules, you're a daughter, right? You're my daughter. Did you know that you're also a mother? Now, you haven't had any babies that I know of yet, right? No, no. Now, I'm not talking about biological mother. You will be one day, okay? But you are a spiritual mother already. How old are you? Eleven. Eleven. And you're a mother. You're just finding this out today. See, you're both a disciple, a daughter, and you're a mother. You're an apostle. Because there's kids that are watching you. They're watching your every move. And you can say to them, follow me as I follow Jesus. There's parents that are watching you. You know, you can mother, spiritually mother people that are older than you. When you prayed this morning, you are mothering people that were older than you. You're being an example of Jesus to them. Isn't that cool? Brennan, you're a son, right? Yes, sir. You're also a father. I know, it's weird. <laughs> but it's true. In your neighborhood, you have kids that you hang around that don't know Jesus, right? You're fathering them. They're looking up to you. They're seeing your example. You have adults in here and out there in Peoria that are looking at you. They're watching your life because they say, even they might not say it out loud, but they say, I see Jesus in you. So you can say with confidence, you're not going to be perfect, but you can say with confidence, like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Right? Love you guys. Thank you. I think we have to see that sometimes to understand you're both a son and a father. You're both a daughter and a mother. Because the enemy doesn't want you to be either. He doesn't want you to be a disciple. He doesn't want you to be an apostle. He just wants to keep you isolated, distracted. The Apostle Paul also said this in, in Philippians 4. He said, keep putting into practice everything that you've learned and received from me. Everything you heard and saw me doing. That's what fathers do. They set an example. That's what mothers do. They set an example. See, here's the thing. You and I cannot become something that we have not seen or heard. We have to see it. We have to hear it. But I've got good news for you. Your eyes are blessed because you can see. Your eyes, your ears are blessed because you can hear. You can hear the voice of your father. You can see him at work. So this last week I was traveling in the Boston area for work. And as, as I've matured, I'm not fully matured in, in my preaching ability, but as, as I've matured in that ability, I find myself writing uh, everything at the last minute. Not because I'm not prepared. What, what it is, is I'm getting my heart ready. Like this has, been, this has been on my heart for three plus years. And in this season, two months, it's been stirring around. But I want to write out of, a, not from my head, but from my heart. What the Holy Spirit's dumped on my heart. 
And preaching is, there's a pressure to it. There's a weight to it in a good way, okay? If, if anyone gets up here and says, yeah, that was easy, there's no weight, weightiness to it, then they shouldn't be up here. We're, I'm stewarding the voice of God. So I have to do that from, from my heart, not my head. And so recently this week, Heather's, Heather's in charge of our teaching team, and she sent out a, or I guess last week, she sent out an email and said, hey, you need to have your media in by Thursday at noon, which is great. Except I knew I wasn't going to have anything ready. I sent Holly a couple of verses, but... So I'm out in Boston with this weight in a good way. And I'm thinking, Sunday's coming. I want to get this right. God, show me. I know you've got more for this message. I'm waiting on you. I'm looking. I'm actively stepping after you. I'm looking. I'm waiting. But you've got more. And I was riding around with this salesman. His name was Chris as well. And I... I probably rode with him eight years ago, and we don't talk very often. So it's been a while. I, and he was a, he's a good guy, but we don't communicate very much. And we're riding around the first day, and he just starts pouring out his guts to me. There's, God's blessed me with this ability that people just pour out their guts to me. <laughs> and um, I think it's because I've, I'm stewarding this. I'm genuine. I hope I'm genuine. I'm not perfect. But people just pour out their heart to me. And he starts talking to me about his mom who passed away a year ago and how hard that was. With COVID, they didn't have a funeral. And um, we actually, as he's telling me about this, we're going by the gravesite that she's buried at. And he goes, actually, this week, this weekend, we're having a celebration of her life. And he says, he turns to me, he goes, can you pray for me for that? Like, yeah, buddy, absolutely. People are watching you. He remembered that I I helped lead a church. He's like, how's that church going? From eight years ago, he remembered this. Maybe it was seven years ago, something like that. It's like, how's the church going? And he starts talking about Jesus, about heaven, about revelation. We're we're on this 13-hour drive in Vermont on Tuesday, and literally the entire time he's asking me spiritual questions, and I'm sitting there thinking, God, you are so good. I didn't hit him over the head with the Bible. I was just available. I was just listening, and he just started talking. I'm literally fathering somebody spiritually who's 10 years older than me. It's not about age. You're a son, and you're a father. You're a daughter, and you are a mother. And at one point, he starts telling me about his dad. He was 81 years old, Irish-American. I'm sorry, Italian-American. He's telling me about all the food he cooks and how, how awesome his dad is and just, you know. And then he says this. And I was like, thank you, Holy Spirit. He said, Chris, at 54 years old, I'm finally becoming a better son because I find myself craving to listen to my dad's voice. I'm like, whoa, there it is right there. You know how you mature as a father or a mother, a spiritual father or mother? You become a better son or daughter. You crave to listen to your father's voice. And I'm sitting in the car just a mess. Because Jesus just spoke through a 54-year-old guy who has no idea that I'm using it in a message this week. Who has no idea that the voice of Jesus just spoke through him. That's why I love, that's why I love family. That's why I love spiritual family. That's why I love our basement nights. I love our living room nights. Because we sit around and we just get vulnerable with each other. And if you're listening, you can see and hear the voice of your father, your heavenly father from each and every man, each and every woman in that room. Does it mean we're always speaking truth? No. But you can hear his voice if you listen for it. You know, just like the apostle Peter, Jesus told him at one point, 
He's like, get behind me, Satan. What you just said, that's demonic. The very next second, he's telling him, I'm going to build my church through you. So we have to have wisdom and discernment when we're listening. But I'm saying, you all look like your father. You all look like Jesus. And if we're listening and we have an open heart and we're seeing with eyes that can see, we can hear and see the voice of our father through each other. That's why family, one of the reasons why it's so important. Finally becoming a better son. I'm craving my father's voice. John, the apostle John in John 10, he says this. He says, after he, Jesus, has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. I love this. He walks ahead of you and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They'll run from a stranger because they don't know the stranger's voice. See, you're a disciple, you're a son or a daughter, but you're also an apostle, you're a father or mother, and it's always been about the generations. It's always been about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and you. It keeps going. It's always been about this father and his family. Have you noticed that the enemy wants to destroy the family? Have you noticed that? The world right now, the message from the world is you be you. You do some self-care. Take care of yourself. Right? You be individual. We're going to create special flags for you because you are confused. That's what the world says. Whenever you see isolation and separation, you see the enemy at work. But the father says, no, 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 you're part of a family. You're a son. You're a daughter. Yes, I made you unique. There's no one like you. You are part of this mosaic, though. You look just like me. There's no other painting like it. But when you come together as a family, the body of Christ, then you can see the whole picture clearly. We have the world so confused about genders right now. We have BLM causing division and segregation. And listen, do Black Lives Matter? Absolutely. Absolutely. But that organization, BLM, it's anti-person. It's anti-human. They fund more abortions than you can believe. They're killing the very people they, they say that they're protecting. You have to watch the enemy because he takes truth and he twists it. And if you're offended by what I just said, come and talk to me later. Okay? I want to have a conversation. Paul says in Galatians 3, there's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. You are all one in Jesus Christ. And now that you belong to Christ, watch this, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Remember Abraham looking up at the stars, the promises that God made him, that belongs to you because you are in Christ. Amen? So how do we become spiritual fathers or mothers? How do we get to a place like Paul that we can say confidently, follow me as I follow Christ? I talked about it. It's what Chris said in the car. We become, better, become spiritual fathers and mothers when we're listening to our father's voice, when we're craving our father's voice. That's the only truth there is. The written word of God, the voice of God, that's true. We need to turn off the other channels. Because then you know, when you hear other voices, then you know who your father's voice is and you know what the enemy's voice is. And you can discern things like BLM. You can discern truth from lies. And you know who modeled this for us? Jesus. Jesus was the perfect son, the perfect human son. He did what you and I could never do. And so if we were talking about this in basement nights a couple weeks ago, if we read about Jesus, we should be modeling our lives after what he does. It's, it's, we make things so complicated. Just get messy like the disciples. Ask some really dumb questions to Jesus. He'll give you the answers. Like, how do we pray? Oh, I'll teach you how to pray. 
our Father. You know how powerful those first two words are? Our Father. I would encourage you, just pray the Lord's Prayer this week. Our Father. See, our, it takes the you out of it. It's about the family. Our Father. There's only one Father. It's about a father and his family. Our Father. All of a sudden, the selfishness rips away. Our Father. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come. That's a declaration that we should be saying every day. Your kingdom come in this place, in my heart, in this temple. Your kingdom be established. Your will be done. The Greek there, he's talking about the will of your heart, that it shifts to his will, not your will. Again, selfishness ripped away. Our Father, holy is your name. It's not about you. You're part of the family. Jesus came just for you, but then you're part of a collective. You have a Father that loves you so incredibly much. I hope you, if you hear one thing today, as a son and as a daughter, is that your father literally went to the ends of the earth to rescue you, to save you, to redeem you. Practically, how do we become spiritual fathers and mothers? There's a verse in Deuteronomy when Moses is giving the people instructions. It's Deuteronomy chapter 6. Then it's repeated again in chapter 11, probably because it's so important, that I love. And it's so practical. You've heard this before, I believe. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with some of your heart? No. All of your heart. All of your soul. All of your strength. And you must commit yourselves, here it is again, wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again and again and again. Repeat them again and again. To who? To your children. Your biological children and your spiritual children. Talk about them where? When you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed. When you're getting up, tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So practical. Repeat his word again and again. Because if it gets in you, then it can come out of you. If you're a disciple of his word, then you will be an apostle of his word. Amen? Joshua 1 who was a protege of Moses, remember. He heard, he heard these commands live. And what does he write in Joshua 1? He says, meditate on these day and night. Then you will be successful in all that you do. Want to be successful? Meditate on the voice of God. Meditate on the word of God. As your heart thinks, so will you become. Talk about them when you're at home. We're not perfect parents, but man, there's opportunities Every day, we were at dinner last night, Jules, right? And we talked about being fathers and mothers. We talked about what you were going to come on, up on stage to do today. And we had instruction. At the same time, the same conversation, we're laughing. This is fun. This is not like serious um, stuff. We're laughing because <laughs> Jules was yawning as I'm telling her. I'm like, are you taking this seriously? But we're having fun. The word of God is fun. Okay, the word of God is life-giving, it's literal life to you. Talk about them when you're at home. Don't make things so serious. I mean, you're, you can have serious conversations, but do it as you're, doing, as you're driving to school, as you're, as you're washing dishes. There's so many opportunities you have with your children, with both your biological and your spiritual children. Talk about them when you're on the road. I mean, I just experienced this this last week. I'm sitting there next to this guy that I, I haven't seen in seven years, and he's pouring his heart out to me. And I got to tell him, he's confused about Revelation. I got to tell him, he's like, do you believe in the rapture? I'm like, well, let me tell you what the rapture actually means. 
I'm tell, I, and I said, Chris, actually, heaven is coming to earth. And he loves to, he loves to kayak. And I said, think about your best day kayaking and then multiply that by a billion. God's, God's set, I believe God's setting up a day, multiple days, multiple years, multiple eternities for you to be kayaking in the best places that you've only dreamt of. Because he put that in your heart. Think about what you like to do. That's what heaven's going to be. We can't even understand. But here's the thing. Like, we're not escaping this earth. God's redeeming this earth. Creation is growing. Like, the stuff you see in the news and what's happening around us, creation is groaning. It's wanting its king back. Your heart is groaning. The things that you can't even fully express, it's groaning for the king. And it's coming. Your kingdom come. It's being established. And you're part of it. You're an apostle to establish his kingdom. So talk about them on the road at home. And, and again, like I didn't thump this guy with a Bible. I'm just sitting there minding my own business. And he's like, blah. Sometimes you just have to be available. Talk about them when you're going to bed. I did a message a few years ago on sleep that I need to re-listen to. But one of the things, and I don't do this every night, but I should. And if you pray scripture to yourself as you sleep, it is one of the most powerful things I've found. Just try it tonight. Just as you're going to sleep, just pray. Our Father, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done Shift my heart to your will. Shift my mind to your will. And then all the anxiousness, all the anxiety will disappear because now you're focusing on the voice of your father. You will have better dreams. You will have better sleep. And then you can do what it says next. Talk about them when you wake up. You'll wake up with the word. You go to sleep with the word. You'll wake up with the word right on your mind. It'll give you better clarity at work. It'll shift. You know, his voice is supposed to infiltrate your entire life. This isn't just a Sunday cookie-cutter church service, and then we come back next Sunday. When you walk out those doors, his voice is infiltrating your life where it should be. Tie them on your hands. What do you carry around with you all day long? What if you put something on your screensaver, like a verse that you're meditating on? so that you, every time you pick this up, you see that. Maybe it's a picture of your family or your spiritual family, and you see those words, you say, oh, our Father. Okay, tie them on your hands. Wear them on your forehead. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? You should see a reflection of Jesus Christ. Like many of us, don't look ourselves in the eyes in the mirror. We're hard on ourselves. I want you to try this the next time you're alone in the bathroom. Just say, look at yourself and be like, hey, good looking. <laughs> you look like Jesus. Remind yourself of truth. You look like Jesus. You look exactly like your father. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. You know, God speaks to me in numbers, probably why this church is named Church 214, and we got men's group called 37, and I see things in numbers, and what's on every house, what's on every building, there's a number. I'll give you an example. My son plays hockey at Owen Center, and the address at Owen Center is 1033, and we've been going there for years, and all of a sudden one day I'm walking in, and the Holy Spirit says to me, Joshua 10.33. I looked it up. Do you know what it says? Don't stop chasing down the enemy. Cut him off before he infiltrates your town. Don't stop chasing down the enemy. So every time I walk in Owen Center, I see that. I'm like, yep, I'm an apostle. i got to cut the enemy off. That's my responsibility. Write them on your doorposts of your, of your house. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you like that. He'll speak to you like that. If you ask him, if you're looking, he will speak to you. Your living room. Where are we going, this Amplify vision? It's your living room. Your living room is a place 
where God's voice should be broadcast. Your kitchen table, some of the most important conversations you will have is at your kitchen table, but you have to steward that as an apostle. You have to steward that as a father and mother. That's where real communion happens. Pray that your home is a home of peace and it will become a home of peace. Pray with your children at bad time. Declare things over their lives. I'm telling you, the word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. It is living, it is active, it will not return void. It is the most powerful thing, your voice, because when you're declaring the word of God, you're declaring the most powerful words ever. Once you stand up, the heart of God is to restore his family to himself. Adam and Eve, they sinned, so God had to send his son, Jesus, as the second Adam to restore you to himself. Malachi 4, 5, and 6 says this, he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Right now, he is turning your heart back to him, if you allow him to. He is so loving, he is so tender. See, apostleship is when the family is restored. And I believe God calls us to a place. I'm from Canada originally, but I'm a Purian now. I'm called to a place. And I'm responsible, you're responsible, to create and shape the kingdom in this city. We're called to a place, but we're also called with a people. That's why this tribe, this family is so important. He calls us to a place, but with a people. And we're called to the heart of this city. It took seven and a half years to get down here, but we needed those seven and a half years to prepare our root system, to prepare our hearts for what he's going to do. We're called together as a people. This is our place. These are our people. Look, look around. Look, look behind you, beside you. These are your people. This is apostleship. This is family. In Acts 4, it says, every believer was faithfully devoted to the following, to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone, and the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another. That's the family of God. That's why restoration, if there's any, if you have an issue with anybody in here, it's important that you restore that. God's restoring. He's restoring your relationship to him and he's restoring your relationship with each other. Apostleship is your heart becoming mutually linked to those that you're in battle with. We're a family, but we're in battle. Not against each other, not against flesh and blood. We're in a battle against principalities and powers. But I got good news for you, you're, you're seated higher than them. You have authority over them. The enemy's coming to take you out, but he's not going to because you have authority over him because of the blood of Jesus. This is an Acts 2 church. We are sons and daughters that are becoming fathers and mothers. We are stepping forward together, Acts 2.14. And Jesus has called you out, each and every one of you as a son or a daughter, as a disciple. And he's also sending you out from him as an apostle, as a father and mother. You have to have both. Brennan, Jules, you didn't know this, but come back up here. Did you see how they didn't hesitate? Jesus is saying the same thing to you. Come, follow me. Immediately, they drop their nets. Immediately. So here's the deal. Today is the day of salvation. And somebody in this place, multiple people in this place, Jesus is talking to you. Come and follow me. Maybe, maybe you've never put your trust in him. Today is your day. Maybe you've walked away from him. Maybe you've just had a, a little bit of a cold heart towards him. Today is your day. I want you to immediately come forward. Every eye open, wide-eyed, come forward right now. Don't think with your head, listen with your heart, if that's you. Get up here. 
He's moving. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else need to come up here? He's calling. He's stepping forward. He loves you so much. Just say this to him in in your own words. Father, thank you that I look just like you. Thank you that you sent your son to die in my place, to take my punishment, to take my sin. And so now I turn to you. I drop my nets, I drop the things I'm holding onto and I'm chasing after you, I'm stepping forward after you. Mark me today, seal me with your Holy Spirit today. Thank you that you've purchased me with your blood. And I am now a son or a daughter of the most high God. And all the angels are rejoicing in heaven. He's called you out. You're a disciple now. You're a son, you're a daughter. And now for everyone in this place, he's sending you out as an apostle. He's sending you out from him. You'll always be a son, you'll always be a daughter, you'll always be a disciple, but he's also sending you out, he's pushing you ahead. He's pushing you from him with a message to the people you work with, to your living rooms, to your community, to your school buses that you drive. He's pushing you out as an apostle. Yes, Barbara. So just receive that, open your hands to him. Just lift your hands to him, open them up. That's just, it's just a sign that you're receiving what he's saying. Do you know what the father spoke over Jesus? He said, this is my son whom I love. And he's saying that again to you today. He's saying, this is my son, this is my daughter, who I am so proud of, who I love so much. You've come home. And now I'm sending you out as well as an apostle. You're gonna shift culture in this city. You're gonna shift culture in your school, in your home, in the atmosphere. You're gonna speak my voice. You're gonna speak my name because I'm coming soon. I'm preparing a place and it's better than you can ever imagine. It's the earth the way it was intended to be. It's called heaven. So God, we receive this apostleship. We chase hard after you as disciples, as sons and daughters. And we receive this stewardship that you've got for us. So God, maybe we influence people. Maybe we, when we're riding with the Chris's of this world this week, when we're next to them in the cubicle this week, let faith rise. Let our voices rise, your voice rise. Let us be bold and courageous, not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As people all around us are lost and dying and going to a Christless hell, unless, unless, unless we are apostles, unless we are fathering them, mothering them, speaking your words of truth. Our Father. Oh, God, thank you for family. Our Father. We have a Father. You have a Father. You are not abandoned. You are adopted into sonship. You are a daughter of the King. Our Father, holy is your name. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Oh, God, establish your kingdom first in our hearts and then in this place. Wherever we step, just like Joshua, wherever we step, we carry your voice, we carry your message. We are your apostles. Your kingdom come, come Lord Jesus. We cannot wait to see your face once again. We cannot wait to hear the sound of your voice, but until then, until that day where every knee will bow, 
We have a job to do. We have a kingdom that needs establishing, not for our name, but for your name, because of our Father. So we declare that your kingdom come, your will, not ours, your will be done in our hearts. Transform our hearts, transform us from the inside out. We declare that in these temples that your Holy Spirit is living in, your will is being done. Establish your kingdom, God. Become the most famous name in our hearts as we drop our nets, as we immediately follow you today and the next day and for all of eternity. May your word be accomplished in this place just as it is in heaven. Give us today the food that we need, both physical nourishment but spiritual nourishment. God, we are hungry for your voice. We need your bread. We need the nourishment to sustain us. God, and forgive us our sins. We're gonna still trip up and fall. I just ask God for something, forgiveness for something a little earlier today. And then guess what he said to me? It's forgotten, it's gone. Don't bring it back to me, it's gone. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have wronged us around us. So right now, release any wrongdoings, any bitterness that you're holding on to. The root of bitterness is evil. It will mess your life up. Release it, release it to him. And then go tell whoever, whoever you need to go tell and make restoration right with in the family. Do it today. Father, do not let us yield to any temptation. The enemy is a tricky one. He's a deceiver, he's a liar. But we know your voice. We will not be persuaded by any other voice but yours. We will follow you as you lead us forward. Deliver us from the evil one, we pray. For yours is the kingdom. Yours is the kingdom. Not our kingdom, your kingdom. Yours is the power while we carry authority and power within us. The blood of Jesus, so powerful. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. It's that weight, the weight of your glory. God, manifest your glory forever and ever and ever and ever. All God's people, all the disciples and the apostles, the sons and daughters, they agreed and said, amen.